Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief. And, Jamie, what I'm about to say, I'm not sure it's going to make you cry or yell at me. I told you so, but I hate regular beer now. <laughs> That's good. That was our plan. And I am the Champ, and my team is lost on the corner of Mediocrity Street and the Boulevard of Broken Dreams. <laughs> Yeah, you think you're you're locked in there for the next two months? That's it. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's 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 not looking good. Um, I, I may have an outside chance of of, of passing you, um, but I, I I think I'm somewhere going to finish seventh or eighth. Um, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess you could pass me. Yeah. The, the the nice thing about my team is we'll talk about uh, as we go on with this podcast. Is, is now I, I finally got everybody coming back, and I've, I've just done some colossal mistakes in terms of roster management. So I, I kind of deserve um, where I am. Um, but let's, let's talk about you and, and beer for a second here. Um, this is kind of what we were hoping. You, you can see yourself evolving into a beer snob? Well, here's the issue. So because I've been trying different beers on the show, and then while, when I go out, I, I expand my palate a little bit. Okay. So I had a uh, I went to that swearing in at my buddy who became the police chief in Lancaster City. Yeah, um, yeah, you are you are the shaker and the mover there in Lancaster, right, aren't you? That's right. And uh, me and the fire chief and another friend went out to get a bite to eat afterward, and I had a I had a beer. They they ran out of it. They because it was out of a can and they ran out of it. And I said, yeah, just give me a Yingling because I, I I couldn't remember ah. all the stuff he said. It was horrible. It, it tasted like it was sitting in that cup for a week. That's what it See, tasted this, like. this is what I'm saying. This is how you become a beer snob. It really has nothing to do with being pretentious. It has everything to do with taste, right? And then yesterday, I went to a couple of retirements at, out at the 193rd. I had, all they had was yingling. It was horrible. It was horrible. Yeah. And then I, I just come to realize that, that, yeah, I'm done with that. I, I can't do that yeah. anymore. Yeah. So, so, so here's my advice to you: is to save any Yinglings you have, um, and when people come over, you can try and pawn them off on people. Or uh, the next in-house draft we have, you might be able to hide them in somebody's refrigerator because that's what um, our next guest had done with certain types of beers. Do you want <laughs> to introduce them? All right. Yeah, we have uh, our next round of guests going from the bottom up is uh, Tom Freeze of the Bearcats. Tom, you with us today? Yes, I'm here. Are you excited to be with us? I uh, <laughs> we'll just leave it. Yeah, out. <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, I am honored. How's that? Okay. Yeah, that, that feels better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know it's it's a big chunk of your day this 15 minutes, but I, you know, hopefully we'll make it entertaining. Um, so I'll I'll just start off, and then Jamie will pick up. Kind of assess your team this year. Uh, yeah. Kind of give us some thoughts of, of who you are as a team this year. Uh, I, my team is uh, very understaffed, especially offensively. Um, it, it started with the draft that I did not get outfielders, and I needed to get outfielders. Uh, the guys I picked who I thought might be um, dark horses, to call them, uh, were uh, our dog food at this point. So... Um, <laughs> Um, and I have been trying all year 
<laughs> to get someone that actually plays to fill in, and I have not succeeded. Uh, and then on top of it, I've had guys – they're actually guys starting to play better now, but for the first half of the year just didn't produce. And um, so it was an all-around bad draft, and I did not help myself with Fab. <laughs> well, I'm looking at your roster, and a lot of the guys you purchased are still on your active roster. You only have three. Am I right? You got a dribble yeah, for Herrera. the most part, yeah. I have not dropped uh, um, anybody other than those fringe guys I picked up late, for the most part. Yeah. I think I turned my reserve over pretty well. I didn't do a very good job reserve. But, uh, okay. yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I don't think the guys I have are bad. They're just not doing well. I mean, Conforto's been horrible. J.D. Davis's been hurt and horrible. Um, to name two. Walker's been hurt and horrible. So uh, that's that's a big chunk of my offense right there that did not pan out. Yeah, that you, know, you just those three names and then Colton Wong are, are pretty big hits. Yeah. Oh yeah, well let's let's not forget about him. He <laughs> plays well when he plays. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I get where you're going, Jamie. What, what do you got? Yeah, hey Tom, um, I I just wanted to to add that I I think as you had mentioned that the person that probably best encapsulates your offensive season is um, Conforto, Michael Conforto, because um, even when he came back, he he only has seven home runs and 220 plate appearances this year. I I would think that you expected more from him. And and he's hard to even watch. There's just something not right. The attitude or or something, it's like, all right, I've kind of given up, but I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of like in a nutshell where my season went. Not the way you want to head. Um, Not that Conforto playing well would have helped, but it yeah. helped me. I might have gotten up into uh, eighth place, maybe. Yeah, um, I guess that's not the way he wants to head into a free agent season. No, um, you had you you had talked about you had talked about roster movements and what you had done, and and I took a look be- beforehand. Um, you've actually made the most. You've had the most, let's put it this way, offensive players on your roster. You had 34 offensive players in counting, and the next closest is 28. So it's not that you hadn't tried, but I guess, um, as you talked about, it just hasn't worked out in Fab. Have you been overbid, or what's been happening with Fab? Um, Well, number one, I've been overbid, but I've been overbid because I've been bidding on guys that I didn't really think were going to help in the long term. I was looking for long-term help instead of spot uh, help, and um, so I, I'm gonna, I underbid, I guess. Well, I guess I underbid because I didn't win them. Um, yeah. I just couldn't find that guy. Like in the past, I've gotten lucky. I guess I found guys in early that actually did well and played the whole season, and I, I haven't found any of those. I don't even know if there are any exists. I guess <laughs> somebody out there. Yeah, there there are, but usually they're scooped up by the uh, by the Hawks or the, or the Lakers. Um, so so having said that, is there anything that you would change in Fab for uh, let's just say the remainder of this year or next year or or the draft? Change as far as what I did? Yeah, yeah. Any 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 different plans that you'd have? Not sit next to Bob. That would be one. <laughs> 
you know what? Um, I, I, I did it to myself. Let's not blame anybody. I had an idea going in. I had four guys I wanted to get, and I had a budget for those four guys. It was kind of trying something different than I normally do. And I blew the budget, and you can guess the two uh, in the first two of them. And then I didn't have anything left to get the other two, um, or not enough, anyway. I will not do that again. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know about Fab. Uh, Fab's kind of a field thing for me. I like to look at, like, potential. Okay. Um, I, I, I like to get in early, and I didn't do that this year. I mean, you gotta, you got to see these guys three weeks out. You can't wait till the week they start playing it and, uh, and then bid on them and expect to get them. Don't That's just the matches anyway. That's a really good point. The window is is a lot longer now. Um, yeah, you, you do have to be looking that far out because it was it was really tough in in Fab this year and continues to to be tough. Um, so thoughts for your your, your twenty two season? You said you would do things a little bit differently, and and you and I had talked on our way to to Cleveland. Just that sinking feeling you get in the draft when you say halfway through the draft, okay, here's my plan. Here's the players I'm going to get. And then people coming out of nowhere, just bidding more on these players, and you're losing out and just seeing the whole plan just fall apart. Um, is that kind of what you were talking about when you, you, you'd, you said you'd overbid, and I'm assuming you're talking about um, Bryce Harper? Well, yeah, that, he's the one and Turner's the other. Even though I got value from Turner, I didn't even get value from Harper. It was just too much money to fit my scheme. Um, gotcha. So... Yeah, and then and then you wait and you wait and you wait, hoping to get a bargain at the end. I got bargains, but they were bargains. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you, brother. Um, hey, so let me ask you, um, since you and me and and the chief are, are probably done at least trying to finish into the money this year, um, as you look at the standings as we sit here today on August the eighth, um, what's your prediction for the the, the top three for twenty twenty one? Well, I think the top three will remain the same. Um, I believe that Bill will prevail. Wow. Okay. Why is that? I don't know. I I, I just I I think looking at what Bob's doing, he's I think he's going after the wrong thing, and I I can't give you anything exact. It's just a feeling, and that. Bill's going to come through at the end. He has that type of player. He picks those type of players that are that seem to be there at the end. Okay. Well, he he. I know he has sniped both Freeze brothers in the past, right? He beat you in was it seventeen on the last day of the season, and I, I think he beat uh, uh, brother Bob on uh, the last week of the two thousand nineteen season. Yeah. He beat me in the last minute of the season. <laughs> yeah, it was the last minute. It went down to the last out. That was a. That was kind of a crazy finish um, in, I think it was 17. Yeah. Okay. Um, hey, and last year, Tom, um, when, when we were talking, you had won the um, COVID-shortened season in, in 2020, so we really shouldn't overlook that. Um, but you left us with a story last year where your, the, your team name was the Voracious Squirrels, and I guess what you had seen was um, squirrels on your back um, that were obviously had a voracious appetite. But they were being picked off. 
by hawks that were swooping in and, 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 and stealing them. And that was kind of a, a foreshadowing for this coming season. Um, did you have any dreams, any kind of peyote that you had taken that, uh, <laughs> that you saw the dream for 2022? No, but kind of a, a sidelight. We were talking about birds uh, this morning, and Michelle has stopped feeding the birds because of this bird disease that's going around. You're not supposed to feed them. Yeah. So we don't get squirrels anymore. We don't get the hawks after the squirrels. But she's now afraid that her birds are going to starve to death. So I told her not to worry. <laughs> that they'll do all right on their own. So I'll do all right next year. I will right. and, uh, and take a different approach. I, I have no, no, no doubt that uh, you will rebound um, next year. Um, and actually, you had a trade um, this week that uh, I think Raj wanted to talk about. Yeah, so just out of curiosity, did you go out and spend 15 bucks on Kennedy knowing you were going to trade him? No. Okay. No, I spent 15 bucks on Kennedy uh, mistakenly. It's caught. <laughs> it, it was um, – I just wanted to get in the game. So I thought, I'm going to go out and get these guys. And I'm going to pass, I, who is it, the dudes that are ahead of me in saves, yeah. and gain one point. And gain one point. In <laughs> that was a bad idea. Um, but uh, I've had uh, outfielder envy all year, and Bob was not using Grissom. Yeah. And he wanted Kennedy. So I thought, well, what the heck? I didn't really want Kennedy. I don't know that Kennedy's going to help me any. Maybe one point, maybe. But I thought, man, let's get an outfielder. Maybe we can catch somebody in runs or catch somebody in home runs and pick up a couple of points. Okay. I want to get to 40. I'm three short, so. You want, to get, to, you want to get to what? 40 points. Oh, oh, all right. All right. No, that's not a lofty goal, but it is uh, is uh, my high point of the season, so. Well, you got to have goals, I guess. Um, and then the Absolutely. other the other question I had for you, Tom, uh, are you surprised the Phillies overtook the Mets? last night or on Friday night? I don't think the Mets are that good. And without uh, their pitching, they're not good at all. And I, yeah, no, I'm not surprised. I've been watching the Phillies all season and there's potential there. Uh, they have to play better. And they're still not playing terribly well, but they're kind of getting some timely hitting. And I think, believe it or not, the Kennedy's really going to help them. I mean, he hasn't done a uh, hasn't really pitched all that well for them. He's given up a lot of home runs. But I think him in the back end will help them with with seven, eight, nine, And so, uh, yeah, I think uh, they went through this run last year. They yeah. they did well in yeah. August and then collapsed. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah I'm I more... watch them every day, and I root for them every day. So that's yeah. all I have to root for. It, it just makes me nervous when Brad Miller's the clutch hitter. Like, like, we can't have... Well, I don't think he's ever been his problem. His problem is he can't field. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah but you... That's have, why he doesn't play, yeah. because he can't field. You don't want him as your main guy. Like, if he's your main guy, that you're in for a couple good weeks. And plus, I don't know if Atlanta's on the move now. I, I think they're just going to steamroll both of these teams. But, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, he can't every day. You're right. Um, so, it's got to be the other guys. I, You know... Um, Hoskins was was hitting pretty well. Harper's starting to hit pretty well. Yeah. 
Um, he is. Yeah. Yards uh, hitting pretty well, so and, we'll and see. Yeah, this guy Gibson, he had two good outings. Um, he's certainly better than Vince Velasquez, so if he keeps him in the games and. Yeah, yeah, I like Gibson too. I yeah. Uh, I bid on him, didn't get him. I should have got. I should have bid higher. Um, but uh, I, I again, I don't know that it would have helped me. <laughs> Yeah, I think he went for thirty bucks. So yeah, that's yeah. a pretty big ticket. Okay, yeah. awesome, uh, Jamie. Hey. You got anything else? Yeah, I, I do have uh, just one last question here, Tom. A non-serious question. Um, you heard in the cold open Roger talking about how he can't drink Yingling anymore. Um, um, I, I know you're a pretty big beer connoisseur. You like all types of different beer. But when you find a, a beer that you don't like, how, how do you get rid of it? Um, normally I will take it to someone's house and <laughs> strategically leave it okay. or help offer it around. Like I'm like a, this generous person bringing beer for everybody. <laughs> so, so I, I asked you that question because you and I had done that way back when Schmitty was holding the draft. Um, and when Michelob Ultra w- was popular, we thought that we would try a couple of those beers and they were really bad. And I think we ended up leaving those. We, we brought them to the draft to leave them with Schmitty because it was such a bad beer. Is that true? Yeah, and, and I, I'm sure he did not drink them. I don't know what whatever happened to them, but I no longer had them, which was good. My, my guess is that back in the day, Roger probably thought he struck it rich with uh, Michelob Ultra. What do you think? Yeah, he's uh, well, not, he's not on the level as Bob Kirk, but yeah, I would think that. <laughs> Thanks for that. That adds actually a pretty good compliment. Yeah, I'm not on that level. All right, Tom. Hey, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, hang in there. We only have like seven and a half weeks left. And Well, I could say something. I'm enjoying it. I don't care that I'm in ninth place. I have fun with it. Um, that's that's why I play. I, you know you would like to win, but you, I know I can't win every year. Maybe Jamie can win every year, but I know I can't win every year. So I still have fun with it. It's the only reason I still play. <laughs> all right buddy all thanks right. for joining us tom yeah thanks all man. right take care all right. yep stay strong okay jay yeah he's he's always good on there right and yeah he's the kind of he, he he's the kind of person that will take some chances during the season i mean the fact that he had so many moves this year um he's he's still um playing strong and i i wouldn't doubt that um he would be back next year um yeah, how about how about his call though, um, saying that he thinks that uh, that that Bill's going to win this year? Yeah, it seems like it's more of a gut feeling than anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes gut works. All right. All right. Uh, so let, let yeah, let's go over to let's go over the Fab review before we get into the right. standing. Yeah. Uh, pretty busy night last night. Only three three teams did not choose anyone: the Bearcats, uh, the Dudes, and the Lakers. Uh, We'll start with the Statman. Uh, how do you say this guy's first name, Ramirez? I think it's pronounced No Way. No Way? So he's got yeah. No Way, Ramirez. Um, it looks like he's on a COVID thing because usually that's the key word, undisclosed. Um, so he'll be back as a relief pitcher for Arizona. Um, Stephen Brault, he got for a dollar. I, 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 I lost, must have lost to him on a tiebreaker or something. That's, that's twice – Twice in two weeks that something like that's happened to me. Um, That's okay. When we get to your fab, I'll talk about the tiebreaker you beat me on. And 
and I think they were his only two pickups last night. So he added. No, a, he got. No, he, wait, 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 wait. He had the biggest one last night. He had uh, Eddie oh, Rosario. Rosario, yeah. What the hell? Um, after, yeah, Eddie Rosario last night. Uh, put him in an open fab slot. Paid eighteen bucks for him. Looks like he's going to come back in the next ten days. Yes. Ish? Yeah. yeah. Um, interesting that he put in an open fab spot. I guess that's. I guess he's just closing it out for uh, his, his his last open spot. Um, I don't know if Rosario will, will be back next year with the Braves. Number one, um, Braves outfield will be filled, and number two, Rosario is going to be a free agent. So maybe he's taking a little bit of chance that he signs. He Rosario signs with the National League team. I think it's a good move with seven weeks left. I mean, it's not going to kill okay. you. Yeah. I mean, you know, half the Major League Baseball is in the National League, so, um, and yeah. I don't think Azuna's coming back, <laughs> so there is a spot open. That's uh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so that were his, they were his three picks. Then we'll go to the Ducks. Jason Steele or Justin Steele, uh, a pitcher out of out of the uh, Cubs organization, uh, and I think no, he got oh he picked up J.A. Happ <laughs> for yeah. two bucks. All right, he 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 cut the young uh, starting pitcher for the Pirates, um, and I think that were they were his only only pickups. Uh, yep. The Hawks pick up Danny Duffy for a buck. Yeah, um, yeah. I, um, I, actually, um, contrary to what Tom said, I actually like the moves that that Bob um, is making, and I think the reason why I like it is that he has the strength. Of, of being near the top, right? Um, he, he got um, uh, the shortstop from the Brewers, um, Adamus, early on, and when he already had a good team. And, and I think Danny Duffy's not coming back to September, but this is a way to kind of fortify his roster down the stretch. Yeah, I, I, he probably has the space, maybe. to like uh, yeah. uh, It's a $1, right? i got to keep him on yeah. for four weeks and see what happens. If, if the guy goes on the 60-day, you cut him and you press on. Yeah, I, I'm surprised he only went for a dollar, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I am a little surprised at that. Maybe because people were unsure about him, and yeah, and waiting for four more weeks. Yeah, uh, and I think that were that was his only pickup last night. Yes, uh, you picked up Andrew Romine, infielder for the Cubs. Yeah, that was uh, that was a backup bid. Um, the person that I wanted and I lost in the tiebreaker was the shortstop from the Pirates, last name Park. Yeah, that's who I really went after, and I, I lost in the tiebreaker. Um, Andrew Romine, um, I guess he's the son of Kevin Romine, who we talked about on a previous episode, and his brother Austin Romine is a catcher who's now hurt with the Cubs. So they would be the brothers will be playing together on the Cubs. Um, I just needed a middle infielder. Yeah, okay. Uh, is he going to play with Baez gone now? Yeah, well, let's let's put it this way. Um, the last week he's played. Um, this is probably the kiss of death for him now that I've picked him up, so he'll, he'll probably stop. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'll just look for another dollar shortstop next week. Then. There you go. But how do you like the other pickup? Carter Keyboom. Yeah, yeah. I thought, well, maybe the pressure is off him now. You know, he's not playing on a team that's contending, and, and, and maybe this is what he needs to kind of ease himself in into the major leagues. So um, I had some money, and I needed infield help. So I said, what the heck? Let's 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 bid let's bid a little bit bigger on Carter Keyboom. Okay. All right. Yeah, I I get that. Um, 
The Bulls pick up Lewis Brinson and Will Crow and Sam Hilliard. He paid some money for Sam Hilliard. Yeah, I put a I put a bid in for Sam Hilliard because I think he's he's actually going to get. He, I think he's going to be part of the strong side uh, of the platoon with him and Daza, uh, Daza and being left-handed batter. Um, yeah, I, I mean I've always liked Sam Hilliard, so I, I think that's a big big pickup for the Bulls. Yeah, I I I, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, but I I thought the Phillies ought to maybe they did inquire about him when he got sent down. I, I, oh, that would have been a really good. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. They probably wouldn't have had to give up yeah. too much for the guy, and you know, he, he, I mean, he's decent. He can swipe bases. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's got to be better than Jankowski. I, I would think so. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Um, and then yeah, I picked up Park, the shortstop for the uh, Pirates. Um, although I think he's probably just holding the spot until this other Eric Gonzalez or. Um, comes up, which I don't know if he'll come up this year, and then and then my guy uh, O'Neill Cruz, but Park's playing well, so whatever. Right? Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, well, wait, wait. I think there's two different players, right? There's Eric Gonzalez, who's already been up. Yeah, that's. And I think the guy you're referring to is Nick Gonzalez. Is it Nick? Okay. Yeah. 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 He's the one that got hurt early. He's in the minor leagues. Yes. But he's. Yeah. A, I mean, he's a top. At prospect. some point, Nick Gonzalez will be the yeah. The second baseman, I would imagine, of the future. Yeah, I think the plan is him and o- well, <laughs> the Pirates' plan. Him and Castro. Yeah. Uh, him and O'Neill Cruz, and then and then Castro. Yeah. Gotcha. So we'll see what happens. Um, and then uh, the Rebs pick up uh, Ryan. How do you say that name? The starting pitcher for the um, Rebs. That's a great question. Um, I don't know. I'm going to go look it up on uh, you know baseball. What? Let me do it, cause, uh, baseball Reference. I'll go do it because I feel bad that you've you've given me that. That, uh, oh, I would, I would, I would, I would assume. But let's 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 not assume. Let's act, let's actually, because we are a professional podcast, right? So we want to make sure that we uh, we get the names right. And he, I don't think he's in there. Up oh, there he is. <laughs> and they don't they don't give it. They don't give. The, no, they don't. They they don't have his. Uh, I was looking too, and so I don't, don't see it either. either. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah, All I right. guess we just make it up now. Yeah, Ryan Pepo. We'll say Pepo. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And he put, stuck him in an open fab slot for seventeen bucks. I don't know much about him. Do you? I do not. I know nothing about him. To be honest, I can't even say his last name, let alone know anything about him. Yeah. Right. Well, well I, I do know that he went to. Uh, he was a third round draft choice by the Dodgers um, from Butler. Um, but but other than that, and. If you're going to take a pitcher, an unknown pitcher, out of an organization, you might as well do it from the Dodgers, right? Yeah, he's uh, three and four trip or double A this year. Fifty nine. Oh, he's got fifty nine innings. Got eighty one strikeouts. So he's a strikeout right. pitcher, I guess. Uh, yeah, but we'll see. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, obviously he he plans on maybe keeping him because he stuck him in an open fab and he spent pretty good money on him. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, that was it. Uh, it, it who, who were the guys that you missed, other than Park? Park? Um, you know, that's a great question. Who I uh, who I bid on? Well, I, I missed out on on Hilliard and Rosario. Um, were really the people that um, I, w- I was looking to get, um, and, and and Park. But um, 
you know what? It, 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 it's okay. I, I just need to manage my roster a little bit better. Um, I got Belt and Moran coming back this week, so um, shouldn't be taking any zeros. And now I just need to work on pitching, which is kind of going south as well. So yeah, I, I, it's just trying to keep the ship afloat. I picked up Tim Hill too, the relief pitcher for the Padres, uh, just to kind of level out my ERA and WHIP at times. Uh, although Hector Neris is pitching well, but he always makes me nervous. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, overall standings, uh, Hawks and Statman, 81 and 80, respectively. Uh, Hawks, even without Tatis this week, still perfect in hitting. Um, his pitching is, is the one that's going to win it or lose it for him, obviously. Uh, Lakers dropped four and a half points to 72. Bulls at 66. They're really having a good month. Uh, yeah, they are. Good stretch of four weeks. Dude's down to 57 with the pitching at 19. That's his Achilles heel right there. Uh, yeah, he did have a good pitching week, but it might be, you know, too little, too late. Yeah, I'm at 53 and a half. You're at 46 and a half. And then the Rebs are at 44. And then we got the Bearcats and the Ducks. Um, yeah, uh, I think you probably have enough to stick above the, the Rebs. I don't. I don't think that's going to be an issue. It's really going to be me and you fighting for six and seven, fighting. That's uh, I'm, I'm hoping. Well, you know, yeah. this is this has all the meaning of our um, Pirates Tigers bet this year. Me finishing ahead of you. That's that's how much it means, right? Yeah, and uh, I, I think the swing states here between you and I are the ERA and the and um, the ERA is a big one. Uh, that that that's a that's a swing state and the wins. Yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah. Well, with strikeouts, I'm only seven behind you now. Well, I was like 140 behind you. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's, that's, that's proof that you can, you can really make up some ground um, with strikeouts. You just need people to, to pitch and pitch consistently. Yeah, I don't know if I was 140, but I was, I was significantly behind you. Yeah, until I got Peralta. Um, all right, and then, you know, when you look at the week, the Sewerhawks had a, had a pretty big week, uh, 75 points. He's eight and a half above the guy who finished second, which was the dudes. I finished third. Uh, Bearcats had a real good week offensively. Um, and the Lakers struggled what? offensively as well. Yeah, you know, I'm going to talk to Tom about that. But he was led by his Phillies, right? Yeah. Uh, Adubo Herrera and, uh, and and Bryce Harper. Yeah, Harper had a good week. and he's, he's Yeah, he's a little bit more bullish on the Phillies than you are. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm – I get nervous when they win like seven in a row because they've done that. You know, they win five in a row, and then next thing you know, they're three games under 500. So let's see if they can like play 500 this week to keep that that you know five games above 500 thing because they they don't okay. seem to play two weeks in a row above 500. Um, I, I I thought Tom made the perfect comment on 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 the Mets because the Mets had a slew of injuries. If you remember early in the year. Basically, every one of their starting eights, with the exception, I think, of Dominic Smith, was was hurt. But pitching kept them in 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 you know obviously in first place. And and now I don't know when is the ground coming back. What's his story? Yeah, I don't I don't know when he's coming back. Um, and they need you know they need him yes. desperately. <laughs> yeah, although Carrasco pitched well. Okay, so I, was this his, that was his first start, right, of the year? I think he had two. I think he snuck in two starts. Oh boy, how did yeah. I how did I miss this already? I, I, Good gosh. Yeah, I could be wrong. I'm 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 checking that now. But his last start, he pitched well. Um, 
I'm looking at it. Yeah, he, well, I don't know. Maybe he only has one start. He's got nine Ks. So No, he did make two starts. Two starts? Okay. Yeah. Right. So a 3 2 4 ERA and a 108 whip. I mean, it's a good start yeah. for your first two starts and not pitching for a while. It is. Yeah. It is. So, um, yeah, so so we'll see uh, if these if these moves pan out. Uh, it certainly would help Bill with Rosario coming back healthy and, and coming out of the box hot. Yeah, um, it, it's just that, you know, he's going to have to, he, um, Rosario, is going to have to fight for space there, right? Because – Solaire has looked really good since yeah. he's coming over. He has. Um, and, and do you have him? Did you pick him? No, no you didn't pick him up. Did no, you? This Hawks did. I think Sewer Hawks oh, picked him up. See, that's what I'm saying. He his his picks just have have been so good. Hold on. Um, yeah. I don't know how. Yeah. yeah, he picked him up. Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know how Jock Peterson has has, has been playing. Um, but yeah, the, the the Braves, to your point, have started. You know, they they finally over. 500 for the first time this week. And um, I, I, I think that they're also, well, just about everybody, uh, those three teams, the Phillies, the Mets, and the Braves, um, are probably going to be competing until the last week of the season. Yeah, I think they will. And the Braves got Ian Anderson coming back in about 10 days. So uh, they need him to be able to pitch well to, to down the stretch. And that, that If he pitches well, that will help them. I think they're going to end up winning the division. Yeah. Okay. I think they're the better team, you know, as a whole. I think they they, I, they probably have a better bullpen. Without DeGrom, they certainly have better starting pitching. Although the Phillies added, you know, if Eflin comes back and pitches 500 baseball, if Gibson pitches something like he did now, I don't know, maybe the Phillies can hang with them. I don't know. I don't think their hitting's enough. It's inconsistent. And their defense well, is it, horrible. It, it, well, isn't it nice? Don't you think, though, that you'll be playing meaningful games deep into September? Oh yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong. I, I'm rooting for him, and I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, a, I'm realistic about it. No, yeah. my, my, my point was at least you have that because yeah. um, okay. this is going to be the first time in, you know, since I don't know, 2007, the Cardinals actually have a shot. Um, below 500 and not having meaningful games in September. So this is kind of a new experience. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. And then uh, let, let's let's deal with these Bush League trades here. Uh, we talked a little yeah, bit. Yeah, can I ask you? Can I ask you about that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So we, we talked about Tom trading uh, Ian Kennedy to the Bulls for, for Grisham, and, and he gave the reasons why. Yeah. Um, all right. Makes perfect sense. All right, so question, um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in your trade, uh, Paul Goldschmidt to the Lakers for Helio Ramos and Ian Anderson. Um, how did that all come about, and were, were there any objections to this trade that you know about? Yeah, there was one objection. I don't, of course, you, you don't know who, who objected. Um, is that what you're talking about, league objections? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it was league objections. There was one uh Ramos is a guy that you and I have talked about on the podcast pretty much all year. And I think both of us have inquired about Ramos throughout the year to, to the Lakers. Um, he approached me about a full-time hitter. And I said, you know, which one? He, and he, he brought up Goldschmidt or Votto. 
and um, I was really hesitant about giving up Votto only because, like, he used to swing it out of his shoes, man. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't want yeah. to give him up, you know? Um, so he, he settled on Goldschmidt. Uh, Ramos was going to be a guy that I was going to want, obviously. And then I threw out there, I'm like, hey, are you willing to give up Ian Anderson? He came back right away and said, yep. And I thought, you know, Ian Anderson's a good young pitcher. He's coming off the DL. I, I got some movement on pitching. Like, I, I finally overcame him in strikeouts. I'm right there in wins. My whip and ERA, I can stay in fourth. And I thought, you know, I, I maybe can gain some points and wins and, you know, give it a shot. I mean, like you and I have talked the past week. I mean, I'm, we're fighting for sixth here. Um, and I thought Ramos, like, I'll give him a flyer. He's supposed to be really good. I think I mentioned to you he could be this year's Matt Kemp because, remember, me and you used to go after uh, Schmitty for Matt Kemp. Yes, yep. Yeah, and that's when Schmitty asked me he wanted pool holes in the mid 2000s for for Matt Kemp. I'm like, yeah, okay, that 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 makes sense to me. So well, let me ask you something with with Helio Ramos. Um, uh, I'm guessing that he's going to be a player that you retain next year, right? Have you looked at your retention for next year? Because because you have you have played an extensive list. Are you going to still do more dealing in the off season? Well, I, other than Ramos, the other guys that I you talk about like oyster stuff. Oh, wait, you got rid of – whatever happened to Nolan Gorman? What would you do? You dropped him a while ago? I dropped him a while ago. So I have Libertor, I have um, O'Neill Cruz, and I have Dakota Hudson. Yeah, and, and Hudson may pitch um, in September. Yeah. So right now, I mean, I, I got some flexibility. You, you never – you can't really plan – you can't really trust these guys, right? They're flyers. See, this kind of, I can sit and wait and see what happens in spring training. And, you know, I, I, I have some flexibility, you know, to if if I feel like three of those guys are look like are going to play, maybe I can deal one of them. Maybe I bring one up for a quarter. I don't know, you know. But okay. Anderson, Maley, and Peralta are guys that I'm, I'm earmarking as retention. So at a, at a buck 75 for next year, is Ian Anderson somebody you're thinking about keeping? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he's young enough to, right. to think about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and same with Peralta. Peralta would be a buck. Maley would be two, uh, but I think he's he, they're coming into their to when they start pitching well. You know, thirty six plus starts every day out there, learning how to pitch through the whole season, and that's when you know if they if they're good, that's when they start getting good. Would, okay. would you agree or disagree with that? Um, I, I would have I would have to agree with that. Um, pitching has always been just one of those areas that I, I just it's just so hard. Um, you're, you're you're always you know uh, one pitch away from um, a catastrophic injury, and I just haven't been able to I, I just haven't been able to retain proper pitching. So I, I don't know. I, I'm a bad person to ask that question. Yeah. Although I, having said that, I am retaining uh, Tyler. Um, not Tyler, uh, Trevor Rogers from the Marlins. I think that's a, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, right. And the, the, he's been on the DL, correct? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I want to say, uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's COVID-related or or, 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 or just uh, a 10-day IL. Um, but I'm sure at some point um, some sort of surgery is probably in his offing. You just hope to get a couple of years out of a pitcher, right? 
I don't think there's ever been a pitcher retained for the maximum. Do you think? When I say the maximum, maximum number of years. It's so hard to do. Um, you're talking about it. Yeah, I, I probably agree with you. I don't know if there has been. Yeah, so uh, everybody that's listening, tell me if there's ever been a pitcher in the Bush League that's been retained for the first year and then three subsequent years. Because um, I, don't, I don't think it's ever been done. Yeah, because even DeGrom got hurt, and people probably didn't retain him off of that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, they're the two trades, and I imagine somewhere around January 22, Trent Grisham would go back to the Bulls for a player to be named. <laughs> so you're calling it now? Yeah, I'm just calling it now. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's get into some of the responses. A couple weeks ago I brought up the uh, uh, the beer, the beer thing. Yes. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. So, so what you had asked was, you know, if the Bush League had their own beer, you, you had talked about brewing our own beer. If people were to brew their own beer, um, what kind of beer would it be? What would it be called? Yeah. So uh, Bill got back with this, uh, the Statman beer, double digit ABV. Okay. I see where he's going with that. Imperial stout from a bourbon barrel. Wow! It's almost wow. like he's, he's not fooling around. Like, and he came back to us pretty quick. I almost think he had that queued up. Like, that must be. <laughs> he must actually think that. Like, all right, this is this is my perfect beer right here. Um, and he meant we we had brought up. Well, let, I'll, I'll stick with the beers. Uh, Basor Bull okay. Beer, uh, Triple B called it. Uh, Belgian Ale, lower ABV, right? Uh, Five point four as opposed to the nine point four of the Golden Monkey. Um, <laughs> Belgian ales, yeah, they're they're pretty good, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. just pretty good, yeah, just pretty good, pretty good, yeah. Okay. Uh, you come back with an imperial hazy IPA with an ABV over ten. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, and your your motto for your beer, you're gonna steal it. You're not worthy. You're gonna steal it off a of Stone's arrogant bastard. Yeah. If you've ever seen Stone's arrogant bastard, um. The motto on there, uh, the saying on is, is "You're not worthy." Okay, all right. I didn't realize. Yeah, that. yeah. Right. And and if you've ever had their oaked, um, arrogant bastard, it's the the motto there is "You're still not worthy." <laughs> okay, uh, I've never had Stone's arrogant bastard. Maybe I'll. Okay. Next time. Yeah, I'll, look for that. I'll, I'm at Whole Foods. I'll look for it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as far as me, uh, I would be a triple. I I would. Use Bill's phrase, triple-digit ABV. That's that's where I'd be. Um, and I, I'm again, I'm not good at articulating tastes, as you, people know that if you've listened to this for more than two weeks. Uh, but anything close to the Dogfish IPA, that's where I, I where when you hit it, when that hits your hits your palate, you think, oh, yeah, this is a great strong. It's not bitter, but you feel the taste, right? Uh, that, so I'm guessing when you said dogfish IPA, you're talking about the 90-minute, not the 60-minute, because that's too low in ABV, and and certainly not the 120-minute, uh, because that's closer to 18% uh, ABV. The, they hit the sweet spot when they came up with the 75-minute. 
Oh, okay. All right. You like the 75. Yeah, a little blend of the 60 and the 90. That's okay. the sweet spot right there. So uh, I like hazy IPAs, but I'd rather uh-huh. have the not hazy. I, I like more of the stronger taste. Isn't that funny that I okay. s- say that? Wow. You have come uh, – man, I, 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 I feel like Mr. Miyagi and you're Danielson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's a probably – pretty good example yeah so that's where i would be yeah i i like the hazy ipas but i lean more toward the non-hazy okay yeah, yeah. yep you're um, non-hazy leaning uh, yeah i don't know if that's weird saying that uh but that's what it would be as far as the olympic games i think bill is probably pretty close to picking an olympic game in the next 12 years and that's cornhole Ooh. okay all right we'll, we'll talk about that go ahead uh cornhole, cornhole. has a national championship i actually was eating lunch yesterday and i was watching it um it's gaining some legs they have an organization they got some money behind it i don't think it's that far behind i'm I'm half joking but i i don't i i think it actually could be a topic at the olympic committee okay let me ask you something here if the bush league if if the bush league were at let's just say uh victory brewing and they had a um cornhole games there don't you think just out of the box for people we haven't played a whole lot that we would be pretty good collectively as a group we could probably take pretty much all all comers on that no i, I no you don't think so I, I i think the league has a very good hand-eye coordination i think they did <laughs> i think they they did Fair enough. yeah past tense yeah I, th- I think we would have fun i think we think we're good but i don't think we're good. <laughs> Okay, there yeah. you go. Uh, and the Bulls came back with uh, a wiffle ball, co-ed wiffle ball, six-on-six six co-ed, 60-foot uh, bases. Is that what our normal wiffle ball bases are, 60-foot? That seems long. Uh, probably a little bit long by about 15, 15 feet. He, he also talks about he'd like to see an electronic strike zone. Yeah, the Atlantic League does that. How, how cool would that be, though, if we had an electronic strike zone? Um, I hate it. Wow. You'd hate it? I hate it. I hate the electronic. Oh, you talk about for wiffle okay. ball or baseball? Yeah, for wiffle ball. No, I, I like the arguments if it hit the metal or not. I oh, like boy. That. Okay. Yeah. I think it's part of the fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, and then your your event would be, oh, like a, some sort of e-sport. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But by, by, by the way, wait, wait. You just dismissed it. What? You just, like, said, yeah, okay. You're not going to talk about it at all? I mean, no. this is the next big thing. You realize that. Yeah, go ahead. Ex- explain. All right. Well, um, a lot of owners, a lot of, um, of major league franchises are putting money into esports because they see how big this is, the gaming industry. You know, it's probably not our generation, but e- esports is, is, is here to stay. And there's some really big tournaments that, that, that are out there. And without actually knowing this, when I wrote that, um, I think the Olympic Committee is actually looking into having esports hmm. somewhere down the line. Now, I don't know if it's going to be part of the Olympics or it might be Olympic esports or something like that, but that, that day is not far off. Yeah, I guess the esports are the millennials' baseball cards. Like, that's how they know players, right? Because they, they play baseball, MLB or 
NFL or NBA, and that's I, I guess that's how they get to know players from different do, teams. Do, do you play um, a lot of esports? Do you play video games? No, no, no. Never Casey, because I mean, with, with, when Casey was was growing up, you never played um, we, video yeah, games with him. We 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 did. I wasn't very good at it, especially the basketball. I, I just I couldn't get a grip at it. But him and I would play college football. Okay. And I would be Oklahoma and run the option constantly. <laughs> oh, of course you would. Yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I, actually, I thought you would have been pit, so that, that that way there would have been no pressure on you to win. Yeah, no, that, that, those teams were bad. <laughs> right. But 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 you 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 know um, the the perfect um, esport event for the Olympics would be um, ready drum roll, Fortnite. Oh, Fortnite! I've never played that. Yeah. I've never even seen it. Yeah. No, I only only reason is because the Olympics are held over a fortnight but anyway okay all right i get that <laughs> all right um all right baseball news hey talk to me about the cleveland guardians issue yeah okay so, so, so you, you know the cleveland guardians um well formerly known as the indians um announced a couple weeks ago that they were changing their name had a big promotional video had tom hanks narrate it that type of thing so they've already put in um, a lot of capital, a lot of money to, to change the names. Um, lo and behold, after this name change was announced, uh, they find out that the domain name, uh, Cleveland Guardians, is actually owned by the roller derby team, the Cleveland Guardians. How does that happen? <laughs> yeah, so a couple things. One is I, I figure whoever's in charge of that is probably getting fired. And... They probably never checked because it's such a stupid name. They probably thought, well, there's no way in hell anybody has this name, so let's just run with it. Did you check? No, I don't need to check. It's stupid. But here we are. So they're, I guess they're going to have to pay a boatload of money to give that up. I, I would think so. And, and, and you know what? I just I just Googled. I uh, typed in www.clevelandguardians.com, and here it is, um, a picture of, I don't know, some some – Roman-looking dude, uh, Greek-looking dude in a roller derby helmet. Yeah, so maybe they ought to right the wrong and just switch it to the spiders. Yeah. Um, I think they'll take the approach of let's just buy them out, which would probably be good for the roller derby team, right? Yeah, that's a nice little inf- influx of cash. Yeah, yeah hold, <laughs> hold them hostage. Oh, my God. Dodgers-Astros played this week. They split, uh, and you had – you had looked up. There's only five remaining players from 2017 in Altuve, Bregman, Correa, Guriel, and Lance McCullers. Yeah, and and Bregman and Guriel um, were were hurt, so only Altuve and Correa um, were subject to all the booze. Okay, okay. And I saw the trash cans and the inflated trash cans and all that stuff. Um, I you know I hate to tell you, but I've seen the Astros play. They're they're a pretty good squad. And they, they they were a very good team. Yeah, they bolstered their bullpen, and they they're, they're going to be tough to beat in the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to be yeah. Tough. Some some somehow they'll end up. Hopefully they'll end up blowing it. That will be good. Adi, are you still bitter? I don't want to use the um, word bitter, but is it like this is still a thing for you? Yeah, I, I want to see it ripped out from underneath them, um, and you know and. Obviously, they have Dusty Baker as the manager, so you know that's that's a possibility. That's a really good possibility of happening. <laughs> yeah, well, you know they're going to get in the playoffs, just whether they get to the get beyond uh, the the division title. 
Um, yeah. And then speaking about the Astros, uh, J.R. Richard passes away this week. Uh, I think he was 71 years old. Um, boy, uh, J.R. Richard was a just a phenom when we were kids. Is that is that a good way of putting it? Yes, ab- absolutely. I mean, he was – I don't think we – at least in our generation, had seen a pitcher like him. And, you know, as we talked in the pre-show, I think he was kind of the right-handed version of Randy Johnson. Don't you think? Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a great comparison. Um, he was 6'8", 222 uh, when he was playing. So 6'8", coming at you, um, that is a big deal. And he threw hard. Uh, and he, he had one, two, three. He had four straight years with 18 or more wins. Uh, 1980, he was 10-4 at the All-Star break. Of course, that's when he started complaining about his arm, and then he ended up having a stroke. And never pitched in a major league game after 1980. I think it was two innings in the, in the All-Star game. Um, so so let's, let's, let's talk about that for, for a second, because I'm, I'm, just, I'm just pulling up his, his stats. You said that happened in 1980? 1980, yeah. Yeah, um, if you remember, um, I guess he was struggling that that year, and Sports Illustrated, um, prior to knowing what happened, wrote an article uh, about J.R. Richards, and you, you'll kind of appreciate this title because you were a big Dallas fan. But they wrote an article that was titled "Who Shot J.R.'s Arm," <laughs> and I, I wonder if that person felt bad because subsequently, you know, uh, I guess. He had he had a stroke, so he had a lot of medical issues that that just weren't diagnosed. And, and you wonder, and we've talked about this before, looking back um, forty years now, if they would have detected something like that um, in today's world. Yeah. So he w- going into the All Star game, he was ten and four with a one nine zero ERA, uh, one hundred nineteen strikeouts, one hundred thirteen innings, and with an under one WHIP, and then. At the All-Star game, he started complaining about his left arm and he couldn't feel his fingers. And and I had to go back and research. Um, and people were thought maybe he was just moaning about, you know, Nolan, they signed Nolan Ryan in the offseason that year and he was making all the money. And, um, yeah, and it's a shame that, that people neglected this and it wasn't diagnosed earlier because maybe he still could have – he still could have pitched. Um, yeah, but the guy was just like he was awesome to watch, and you didn't get to watch. You know, we didn't have ESPN back then, so you watched him on Monday Night Baseball or the Saturday night, Saturday game of the week. And the guy was must have been a nightmare to face. How hard he threw and how intimidating it was um, coming at you. So, so, so this is a bit of hindsight, Raj. But as you had talked about, from essentially 1976 to 1979. He averaged about 270 innings um, for those over those four years, yeah. um, and he had 36 starts, which is seven seven innings per start, which today is is, is phenomenal. But yep. you know, you you wonder with with the, the lens of hindsight, did they over did they overwork him? Uh, I don't know. That was the norm back. I mean, Nolan Ryan pitched like that for 20 years. Yeah. yeah, but Nolan Ryan, we've talked about that. He he was a freak of nature. He he he's a once in a lifetime type of pitcher. Yeah, I just think if they they if they diagnosed, I'm, I don't know what causes a stroke. I don't know if it's a blood clot or I I don't know what causes it, but I'm sure you can 
early diagnosis of, of stuff. I don't think they believed them. I think at one point they sent him to a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Yeah, I mean, you know? it's just, just bad yeah. practice of medicine. Yeah, and, and neglect, and I'm, you know, uh, this, this is a guy they should do a 30 for 30 about because he had a, you know, four and a half year stretch where the guy was dominant. And, um, yeah. You know what, Raj? I, I think it would be the perfect 30 for 30. It doesn't have a great ending. I, I, I want to say that after his pitching career, somewhere along the line, he was actually homeless. He was. Wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. 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 So it wasn't the best of stories, but I, I think it's one that needs to be told. Yeah, yeah. So people recognize uh, what he did. In fact, you know, he got hurt in 1980. It didn't pitch after the All-Star game. I'm not sure the Phillies beat them in the playoffs. That's a really good point. You you are absolutely right. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm not sure if they do because, you know, you're throwing Ken Forsh out there instead of J.R. Richard. That's a big deal. <laughs> good point. You know, that, good point. that's a huge deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had Necro, Ryan, and then come back with uh, with Forsh and Vern Rule instead of, you know, Richard, Ryan, Necro, and Ken Forsh if you had to pitch them. <laughs> Yeah, you know? completely different look. You're yeah. absolutely right. So, um, yeah, it, it, who knows what would have happened if, if he would have stayed healthy. Um, okay, uh, I do have a twib note this week uh, brought to you by Schaefer. Schaefer, the one beer to have if you're having more than one. Deschutes Hazetron Imperial Hazy IPA. Have you ever had this? Um, I've had Deschutes beer already and have been to one of their brew pubs in Portland. Yeah. Um, but I have not tried this. The Hastron. How is it? Hastron. Uh, ABV, 8%. Uh, beer, okay. The beer is not rated on Beer Advocate. What? Yeah, I didn't see it. All right. So um, We um, need Bill to check that. I gave it uh, Rooster Talents uh, in the 80s. So, so in the 80s means you probably won't try it again. Is that right? Yeah, it had a bite when it first went down, which is good, but there was a slight like fruit taste aroma. I don't like, I don't, I don't care if there's fruit in it. I just don't want to taste it. Um, yeah, gotcha. I, I didn't okay. have a second, and that's when I went to the Yingling, and I realized like, oh god, that was horrible. Okay, <laughs> that was okay. A bad so kind of on your on your scale on the Rooster Talon scale, that if you would have a second, that probably pushes it into the nineties, right? Um, anything yeah. in the eighties means. You have, it's a good beer, but yet you only have one of them. Is yeah, that fair? Right. Anything in the 90s, would you'd be looking for the uh, waiter or waitress before you actually finish the beer. Okay. You, don't, you know what I mean? Or you're like, yeah, that was good. And then you catch, you know, you got a little left. Hey, yeah, go ahead and start bringing one now. Yeah, that would be the <laughs> 90s. 80s, you would you would finish it and like, I don't know. Yeah, what's, what else do they have? Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, pretty good. Hastron. Uh, and I think you mentioned that you would go with an Imperial Hot Hazy. Is that what you said? Yeah, Imperial I did. Hazy I did. Yeah, yeah. But but you know, I would look for something in the uh, closer to the ten percent range, which I don't know how how um, if that's rare or not. Maybe Rick can let us know if a uh, Imperial Imperial uh, Hazy IPA can get into the tens, or I can do. I'll do a little research on that. Yeah, and uh, the the only reason I chose it because I didn't see it on a piece of paper to describe it is because I thought it had a cool name. So I had Hastron, so okay. kind of cool, and I figured Hastron. it was Hazy. Yeah. So yeah, I went with it. Yeah, uh, no corrections from last week other than that little technical glitch. Uh, today in baseball history, 1976, Chicago White Sox 
wear shorts in the first game of a twin bill with the Royals, winning 5-2. to two. Uh, Chai Sox wore their traditional long pants in the nightcap, loses 7-1. to one. Do you remember those shorts? I, I do. Didn't yeah. somebody – Didn't I, I want to say it was Chet Lemon that actually stole – um, a base and slid with the shorts. Is that? Am, am I just imagining that, or is that true? That yeah, probably could be. They wore the shorts and the high socks. Yeah, and the collared shirt. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the Sox and the Yankees are going to play in the Field of Dreams, uh, Field of Dreams game this week on Thursday. Yeah, that's that's going to be kind of cool. They were going to do it last year. Colonel's going to be part of that Field of Dreams game. Um, they're going to hold it in. I think it's in Dyer. D-Y-E-R, Dyer, um, Iowa, where the movie um, Field of Dreams was, was actually filmed. Okay. So they're going to they're gonna play there, and I think the White Sox and Yankees are going to have retro uniforms. I, I saw those. The Yankees don't look so much different, but the White Sox look like it's you know straight out of the, uh, the Black Sox scandal, the, the, the uniform look. So uh, what, what, that would be 1919, 1920, right? Yeah. Yeah, yes. so uh, I don't think there were numbers back then. They what? I don't think players had numbers back then. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think that was a thing. I don't think it was until the 30s, the Yankees, right? And, that, and they just basically numbered them the, in, in terms of their batting order. Is that what the – yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Garrick 3 and Ruth – no, wait. Ruth 3 and Garrick 4. Yeah. Uh, 1998, Paul Molitor collected his 500th stolen base, making him only the fifth player with 3,000 hits – and 500 stolen bases. Uh, Ty Cobb, Honus Wagner, Eddie Collins, and Lou Brock. Since then, Ricky Henderson and Ichiro did it. Uh, Paul Molitor, man, when you look at his numbers, and he is underrated. Yeah, well, I mean, playing playing in Milwaukee for a good portion of his career, I guess eventually he went to Toronto and Minnesota. But um, I, I just read the book by, um, oh gosh, uh, Bud Selig. And he really loved Paul Molitor as both a player um, and, and and a person. And I, I think you're right. You know, he was he was underrated just like a Robin Yao was really underrated. You just never saw much of, of the Brewers back in those days. But they had some really good players. Yeah, and uh, um, over 21 years, Molitor had a 306 career average. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's a wow. 1,780 runs scored. That, didn't he win a Didn't he win a World Series with the Was he on that that Blue Jays team that won a World Series in ninety ninety one ninety two ish? He was on the ninety three team that beat the Phillies. Ninety three, sorry. Yeah, so sorry, he it was, was ninety three. Thirty six years old, led the league in plate appearances, led the league in hits, and finished second okay. in the MVP to Frank Thomas. Okay. So, wow. Yeah, uh, really good ball player. And then 2015, your old friend Jamie Moyer is enshrined in the Mariners Hall of Fame. Uh, he had a Seattle record of 145 and 87, which is a 625 winning percentage, and leads the franchise in wins, innings pitched, and starts. For Jamie, um, I, I, I guess you look back on his career, and he was never anybody that seemed to wow you. But you look at the stats, and the fact that he pitched late into his 40s was just Astounding. I mean, a true pitcher, right? Never had a lot of uh, didn't throw the ball really hard, particularly late in his career. But just became a really good pitcher. Um, I guess I would also wonder: who, do, you, do you know the other players that were in the Mariners Hall of Fame? Yeah. So uh, Alvin Davis, he was a good player. Remember him in the '80s? 
Okay, Alvin yep. Davis. Yep, I uh, do. Yep, uh, Dave Neheis. Uh, he was an announcer. Newhouse. Yeah, Newhouse. the announcer. Yeah. Uh, Jay Buner. Ken Phelps. Trick. Jay Buner. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a great Seinfeld. He talks about uh, Jay Buner comes up in a Seinfeld episode. Really? All right, I'm going to watch it this winter. Yeah, it's actually a great. Uh, uh, George George used to work for the Yankees, and everyone thought he was dead. And Steinbrenner came over to George's parents to tell him that George was dead. And he introduces himself, and George's dad said, why the hell did you trade Jay Buhner? <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy who plays Steinbrenner says, Ken Phelps, Ken Phelps. Everybody told me I had to get Ken Phelps. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic. Um, Edgar Martinez, of course. Uh, Randy Yay. Johnson. Ken Griffey Jr., Lou Pinella, of course. Jamie Moore, we just talked about. Dan Wilson seems a little bit of a surprise. Um, Dan Wilson, wow. Yeah. And uh, Which, so you named nine people there. Did, what about the um, oh gosh, uh, Rodriguez, A Rod? Is he on there? Is not on there. That's surprising, what? yeah, isn't it? Huh? Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I maybe so. they like him as maybe they like him as much as we do. <laughs> right. <laughs> Apparently, I thought maybe Harold Reynolds would be on there. I'm looking at his stats now. Yeah, stolen bases. He's got some stolen bases for Seattle. He hit 260. He's a good second baseman. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he shouldn't be on there because you had mentioned yeah, that you, you weren't sure. Um, yeah, his his career, forgive the pun, but it was fairly pedestrian. Yeah, it was. Um, but he had a good career. All right. Um, walking off. What are you walking off with? Yeah, I got I got two things. The first thing is happy birthday to the Sewer Hawks who are turning the double nickel. I, I think his birthday is actually today. Is that correct? It is. Yeah, August eighth. All right. Yeah. So hopefully he's having uh, what um, a Miller light, or maybe he actually moves into a Miller today on his birthday. You know, and you know, kind of maybe work on him next year. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah we'll start this process with me. Yeah. Well, this little experiment that we had with me, we'll start with him. Yeah, I think that's going to be even tougher with, with him. And I just wanted to follow up. One of the things you talked about in the beginning of the summer was the 200-mile walk challenge, which you were going to do two miles, basically averaging two two miles a day for 100 days. And I want to know, how's that going? So, uh, yeah, so it's 101 days of summer, which is Memorial Day to Labor Day, basically. Uh, 200 yep. miles. Uh, yeah, it's, it's starting off slow because I was coaching that Little League team, so – you know, two, three nights a week, I'd be back here at 8.30. Um, and then we hit a pretty good stride. So right now we're on pace to hit about 175, 175 miles. Christy hit the 10-day DL uh, about two weeks ago with a high ankle sprain. So, uh -oh. yeah, that stopped us for a little bit. We're, we're back on. Um so yeah, we're, well, we're, you we're, you know the 175 is only good on LSAT. You know, doesn't cut it in this uh, this one. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I think what it's done, it's purposely got us out to walk, and it's so good for you cardio wise, and it it's yes. it's not hard on my knees. Um, Correct. So in in July, right before she hit the DL, we were on pace for about. 75 to 80 miles because we were getting up in the morning, doing a mile and a quarter, coming back, shower, coffee, and then hitting a, hitting an evening one. So we, we were doing two a days on Mondays. We hit um, we're up where between four to six miles 
on a Monday because wow. they're both off. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And it's it's good. It it gets us. It's it's kind of uh, developed into a hobby interest that we both like. We research trails and and we'll drive to them on the Mondays off and. Um, yeah, so it, it there's a lot of benefits, even though we're not going to hit the 200-mile challenge. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah you're, you're absolutely right. It becomes part of a habit, and, you know, is who was it? Was it Einstein? Body in motion tends to stay in motion, so yeah. keep moving, man. Yeah, so uh, it'll be good, and, and maybe after Labor Day, we'll develop uh, something for the winter. Okay. Yeah, so. Yeah. What are you walking off with? Uh, you know, I... I come to realize, you know how when you meet, you see people like acquaintances or, you know, associates, you, you don't see them anymore because you don't work. So <laughs> people you see are the people you want to see for the most part. But the phrase, how you doing, right? You know that phrase? You walk by somebody, hey, I do. How, how you doing? It's the most hollow phrase in American culture. No one cares. You don't care how that person is doing, do you? Um, you don't stop. You framed you framed it perfectly because uh, I, I probably don't because most of the people that you see are, are just acquaintances and I'm beyond that. I only see the people I want to see, so right. I would have to agree with you here. And, and the problem is, there's some people that don't understand this social norm of how you're doing, and all you're looking for is a concise, positive response, like "Okay, great," and keep moving. But some people don't understand that social norm. You get into these. Mm. Things where they say, oh, I'm glad you asked because I got a wart growing in my ear. And now it's awkward. Now you have to come back with, dude, I don't care. I'm looking for you to keep moving and saying, okay. <laughs> right? And it, 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 I said it to someone at work last Tuesday, and I'm thinking, I don't care. That person doesn't even know my damn name. <laughs> I'm saying, how you so, so let me ask you something. How, 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 how do you address these people then? How, how would you change this norm? Yeah. How would you address the people? Yeah. A salute. You just salute them. It's not verbal. Doesn't elicit a response. It's not required a verbal response. You just salute and walk by. You can do it on the move. You just salute them okay, and but, walk on by. But, but for us that aren't in the military, what do we do? No, that that's going to be the new social norm. Everyone, just salute each other. Don't say anything. It's just going to bring an awkward interaction if, if someone okay. doesn't understand that social norm. So I want you to start trying. Okay. Like you're in a grocery store, you see someone that you know, just salute them. Don't say a word. All right. So yeah. is, this is really to follow up on your walk-off from last week when you talked about the Cat Monroe doing whatever you want to do. That's right. Um, I've actually, yeah, I, I, I've actually named that now. It, it has a term, just like we had, you know, the Golden Monkey Experience. Yeah. This is going to be called the Monroe Doctrine <laughs> when you just do whatever you want, okay? <laughs> yeah, institute the Monroe Doctrine, and now everyone should just salute each other. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, again, here we go. you do it on the move. Maybe if you're in a good mood, you give them the, like the handguns. Boom. Right. <laughs> you just keep walking. There you go. Yeah. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, uh, you can't see it, but I'm I'm giving you the sign off salute right now. Okay. 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 Uh, next week, tentatively confirmed, we got the Rebs. Right. 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 And uh, we're going to have the Rebs. Um, Next week, and then we're going to try and book um, Josh, uh, owner of the Dude Vitamins, for the week after that. So um, should be good as we run through the owners. All right, and the Rebs are going to be actually the mirror image of what they projected. Uh, let's hope so, because if not, it's going to be me that's preventing it. <laughs> okay, you got anything else, champ? Th that's all, Chief. Have a good week. All right, talk to you next week.